Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. I'm Rabina Ahmed Huck, and this is the Alex Pearson Show. I'm sitting in for Alex all this morning covering the big news stories in Toronto. And one of the things that we've talked a lot about is the cost of running a city and how much cities, including the city of Toronto, have gone into debt to deal with things like the COVID-19 pandemic. And that, of course, uh, means that the, the city has more debt. The city has to pay that off somehow. And where does that come from? And we know that there is some concern about the financial pressures uh, that, a, that a big city like Toronto is facing. Uh, tens of thousands of people move into the city every single year. That puts, puts pressure on our public transit system, our, our public libraries, our public schools, our roads, everything. Uh, there's more pressure on it. But is there enough money? to actually make the city run uh, with all the people that live here, to provide the services that a world-class city should. Uh, We are going to speak to John Michael McGrath. He is uh, with us to talk about this story. Uh, John is a writer and columnist for TVO and wrote about, uh, if you think Toronto is cash-strapped now, just wait. According to him, Toronto's fiscal state is having a moment in the spotlight is being found wanting, whether it's a looming cuts to library services, a satirical public art exhibit, a state of disrepair at the aquatic center, or an under-resourced planning department that's making the housing crisis worse. We're seeing signs that our city, Toronto, is simply not spending enough to maintain the current level of public services that are needed, and even worse, not doing much to make things uh, different to improve things. John, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. John, you say that it's no mystery uh, why we got here, but for those of us maybe that don't haven't cracked that code, how did Toronto get into this uh, this financial situation? Uh, well, the short version is that um, voters get what they vote for. Uh, you know, starting with uh, Rob Ford in 2010 and continuing under John Tory, the consensus at City Council has been that uh, you know property taxes on uh, people's homes should not go up uh, any faster than inflation. Um, the, the the city's policy, however, has been that other classes' property, commercial properties, industrial properties, uh, should go up even slower than that. So on average, the city's basic source of revenue uh, has, has increased uh, more slowly than inflation. So that means that in real terms, over the last 12 years, uh, Toronto is spending uh, fewer dollars per person uh, than it did in 2010. Uh, you know, there's reasons why people don't want their property taxes to go up. And, and you mm. know, in some cases I'm sympathetic to that. But uh, just the arithmetic of this is pretty basic. Uh, you know, the, the money coming in has not kept up with the, the pressures that the city faces. And, you know, a lot of this stuff is really not negotiable. Uh, you know, it, it costs more to run transit than it did in 2010. It costs more to pay police. It costs more uh, to keep uh, parks and uh, aquatic centers and libraries open. Uh, and, you know, the, the city has been 
squeezing out efficiencies everywhere it can since it was amalgamated in the late 90s. Um, there's really not uh, a ton of places left to to look for what your listeners would normally think of as, as efficiencies. What is left is basically service cuts, and that's how you get stories like uh, you know the Toronto Public Library being told to uh, you know submit a zero percent increase budget. That's almost certainly going to mean uh, libraries either being closed or having their hours shortened. Yeah, and you talk about, which I find really interesting, they went all in on this uh, land transfer tax, this municipal land transfer tax. If you bought a home in Toronto, you basically paid two land transfer taxes, one to the province, one to the municipality, and that was a way for them to generate revenue. Uh, but now with, you know, we just talked about how home sales in uh, in Toronto have fallen by 44%. Uh, you know, people yeah. are just not moving because of what's been happening with the housing market. What kind of problem does that create for the city now? Because that revenue will not be coming in. And, and how much do they stand to lose uh, by people buying, uh, transacting less, having less real estate transactions in the city? Right. So the, the land transfer tax is like a billion dollar revenue source for the city. So even a small changes in uh, real estate uh, sales can uh, have a very big impact on the budget. Um, you know, just if you think of like a 10% decrease would be, you know, $100 million, that kind of thing. And so, mm -hmm. as you say, what we're seeing is not only are the value of home sales down somewhat, uh, thanks to things like the Bank of Canada's interest rate increases, but the number of transactions is way down. And uh, that is going to necessarily uh, have a huge impact on uh, the city's uh, budget. And that money is going to need to be replaced somewhere. Uh, you know, the other uh, billion dollar item that I, I would bring to your listeners' attention is the TTC, right? Um, the riders for the TTC were paying most of the uh, the the freight of uh, keeping the TTC operating on any given day, something like 80 to 85% of the TTC's money came from the riders and not mm -hmm. a taxpayer subsidy. In one sense, that's a, you know, a good news story. It was a very efficient system in that sense. But those riders have not come back since COVID. They're still operating at about 70, 80%, depending on the day. So uh, that's another uh, you know, $100 million or more that is going to be made up somewhere. And again, there's only two ways to do that, higher property taxes or service cuts. Yeah, which is so unpopular. Uh, you know, no mayor wants to say, okay, I'm the one that's going to raise your property taxes. You should vote for me because it's better for the future. Uh, the people are less likely uh, to, to get on board with that because nobody wants to pay more for something that they're used to paying less for. Um, the the, the COVID-19 pandemic, as you mentioned, you know, the riders have not come back. Um, there's the, the, the Scarborough subway being built, the Eglinton Crosstown being built. Um, how does that all factor in? How are we going to pay for this, these increased costs that continue uh, to pile up in the future? Well, I mean, historically, the city of Toronto has occasionally just needed to be bailed out by <laughs> higher levels of government. And that might happen now. But, you know, one of the things that I say in the piece is that, you know, we can't expect money to come from these governments without any strings attached, right? This is all happening in the context of a housing crisis that uh, the, both the federal and provincial governments are 
absolutely uh, zeroed in on trying to address. And one of the factors in that housing crisis, certainly if you listen to what the premier or prime minister are saying, is uh, you know how uh, municipal planning rules have gotten in the way of building new homes. And so if Toronto needs to go begging to the province to Ottawa for more money to to cover these gaps so that they don't have to have you know huge double digit tax increases the those higher levels of government are very likely to say well okay here's some money but we want you to get serious about getting out of the way of uh, new homes being built because that's the only way that uh you know, we're going to address the housing crisis in the long term. And of course, that too is very unpopular. People really don't love the sight of, you know, new condo towers going up in their neighborhood most of the time. So uh, mm-hmm. as far as city council is concerned, it's just a bunch of bad options going forward. And, you know, the the election that's coming on October 24th is extremely important. And I don't want to, you know, uh, play down the importance of elections. But the thing I would just say is this is all stuff that is coming down the, the pipeline Regardless of who questions we should be asking those mayoral candidates. John, thank you so much uh, for joining us. This is a really interesting piece, uh, something that, uh, you know, affects us in the future. I really appreciate your time and coming on talking about it. Thank you so much for having me. That's John McGrath. He's a writer and columnist for TVO talking about how cash strapped this city is right now. I'm Rabina Madhuk. This is the Alex Pearson Show.